1: Our friend, uh, South Floridian and ESPN host, what 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 are you doing these days, Sedano? What George? Do get, I'm kind get... of
2: every, I'm kind of everywhere. Um, I will say this: uh, I don't own Sedanos. I wish I did. I probably <laughs> wouldn't need to work, to be honest with you. Uh, but what am I doing? I host a show that's actually on at five o'clock your time, shortly on ESPN two every Monday. Uh, I do radio out here in L.A., and I still cover the NBA for the network. Yep.
1: And you are also uh, a Miamian, right? It's I am. Fair fair to still call you that. So Sorry. we wanted to bring you on because I, I, we wanted your thoughts. Um, there were sort of two stories with Colin Kaepernick yesterday. Mm-hmm. One was the fact that he played well, uh, which is not something that's that's happened a ton over the past – uh 2 3 years and uh, some of that's been injury related but uh you know he he played well i mean he nearly pulled out a game for san francisco but the other thing uh was obviously you know this sort of him being down here after he wore the castro shirt and obviously you know the death of fidel castro at age 90 which happened here over the weekend so what did you make of the situation what did you make of the way he handled himself
2: well clearly He was, I guess, ignorant or naive. That's kind of what I thought of initially after reading uh, his comments that I guess he had the back-and-forth with Armando on the conference call. But I also felt that same way because I had the same reaction, actually, when he wore the shirt because I've been a huge supporter of Colin Kaepernick in this particular situation and what he's trying to bring awareness to. And at the time when he wore that shirt months ago – Man, I, I, was, I wasn't even living in L.A. yet. So this was whatever, early in the season or whatever it was. Um, I remember having a back and forth on Twitter with my colleague Michael Smith because he felt that I and other people were just looking for excuses to, you know, shout down the message, and I had to explain to him, look, Michael, I'm not trying to shout down the message. I'm actually a supporter, but when you're talking about oppression – and you are wearing a T-shirt with one of the biggest oppressors in the history of man, Like it does kind of open that door up for people to try to diminish your message, even though that's not what my intent was. Um, so I felt the same way. Now, look, I, I read what Armando wrote. Um, you know, I think some of that stuff was maybe a little strong, even for me, personally. Uh, but Armando's entitled to feel the way he feels, as I am the way I feel. But, yeah, I, I felt like... At, Initially, my thoughts were, wow, he's either really naive or really ignorant, but I've felt that way for a long time since he wore the shirt the first time.
0: George, you know, uh, Kaepernick was booed uh, during the the first possession of the game. When he took the field, he came out. He was booed by the fans. But let me ask you this. Do you think – that he was booed for the the T-shirt, for the Castro T-shirt, or do you think he was booed more for the stance of kneeling during the national anthem, which has uh, probably angered more people as far as volume. I'm not saying that, you know, there it's any more genuine, but, but what do you think he was booed for yesterday?
2: Well, see – in most places, I would say, obviously, that it would be the kneeling, but in Miami, that's obviously a little different. I would probably say, and this is a total cop-out answer, that it's probably a mixture of both, um, but I, I don't know what the demographic breakdown is of Dolphins fans and how many of them are Cuban, particularly. My guess is there's a decent amount of them, um, so I, I would say that, yeah, that that's probably part of it, right? Like they, they're they probably, maybe not split down the middle, but probably probably pretty close.
0: George not not trying to give uh Kapernick uh you know an out or anything, but I, I feel like he was just he's pretty uninformed about the situation and sure. the subject that he spoke about because you know I'm originally from California, and I'll admit like I saw Castro shirts you know before people warm uh on the west coast uh I saw them in stores and everything and I knew nothing about it, so you know. When I was growing up, it seemed like it was just like, hey, a cool, trendy shirt to wear. It wasn't until I came to the University of Miami, you know, I was 17 for college that, you know, I learned, oh, this is who this guy is and this is what he's done. I kind of feel like he took the bait in uh, that conversation. And and honestly, I understand that, you know, this is the biggest platform, or biggest, you know, microphone that Colin Kaepernick has to talk about the subjects, you know, that he wants to. I just feel that, I just felt that he shouldn't have taken the bait, especially not being fully informed about the situation. And it was kind of insensitive, you know, particularly coming to the city of Miami to even talk about that subject when, you know, you had the game that that he could have just spoke about instead.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect storm of awfulness for him right and i'm with you look i think the hardest thing for people to say uh whether it's in sports or in any walk of life is oh i don't know you know and and sometimes like we in the media do that too over like the silliest of things but sometimes it's best to say yeah i'm just not that informed on the subject so yeah i'd rather not talk about it it would have been completely dismissed it would have been over and there wouldn't have been the back and forth that caused the stir and obviously that he wouldn't have had to have clarified his comments after the game, all that stuff. I'm with you 100%. And, yeah, it does show that he's uninformed. Um, It shows that a a bit naive or ignorant, any of those three. I mean, to me, that's kind of what I felt, and that was the big takeaway. And, by the way, he's not alone, (laughs) okay? I would say that 90-some-odd percent of America is probably that way, Because when you think about the Cuban community, I mean, it's just a couple of million people in this country. And again, I'm not trying to justify the behavior. I'm just explaining it in that situation. Um, But look, are there sympathizers, people who understand, people who have done their homework and and read up on the atrocities of what Fidel Castro and his regime did? Yeah, I think there are some. I don't think it's the majority by any stretch of the imagination. You know, you talked about being a kid in, in California and going to, you know, seeing the trendy t-shirts, right, of him or Che Guevara. And I think that a lot of people romanticize about that. But if you go on my Twitter right now, it's funny. I, I, and I mean that in an ironic way, not an actual funny. Uh, but I tweeted out a, a video in Spanish of a young man, a, a millennial in Cuba, who – talked about how he's happy that Castro died because he was the worst thing and the most harmful thing for his country. Uh, And this is a young person speaking out there. So what ends up happening is a lot of movies and stories have been written about revolutionaries, including Fidel Castro. And yeah, it felt cool. But yeah, it's really not when people have died, people have been jailed, and people have been run off for just having opposing views. And I think that that needs to be put into the forefront and obviously then contextualized after that for the rest of America. I'm
1: talking to George Sedano here. Uh, I want to switch gears with you completely since I know you do a lot of NBA. Uh, and the Golden State Warriors are on an 11-game winning streak. So can everybody just calm down about whether or not this thing was going to work at this point? I mean, I, do you feel what they've done so far is sustainable?
2: Uh, I do, yeah. I mean, look, but you know that's not going to happen. The minute they lose another game, it's going to be the apocalypse again. We lived through it. All of us here, right, lived through it with LeBron and Wade and Bosh. This is, you know, people have learned a little bit from that time, but I still don't think they've learned enough, let's be honest with each other. So, yeah, look, are there things that I'd like to see that, you know, they could do better? Sure, defensively, I think they've got some holes. Um, you know, it's funny because Miami spent all that time trying to find a, a complementary center, right? And then eventually they got it with Chris Anderson, who fit perfectly. I think they went, what, 39-4 and or 39-2, and something like that, when he came into the lineup. And they've got someone similar to that. Unfortunately, he's JaVale McGee. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So... I just think that it's crazy, though, how he could be the real missing piece for them defensively and kind of change things if he can make sure to play the right way, but uh, uh, you know, and play within the system. But yeah, like I, I agree with you. I-, I think this team is is clearly the best team in basketball, and you know, I just think they need to shore up their defense a little bit. Their offense, I mean, we've seen it, right? It's at a historic pace right now. It's absurd.
0: George, uh, your Miami Heat. 5-11, 95.6 points per game. How did the, how does Spo create more offense? How, how, I mean, these guys have got
2: to score more points, George. Can he bring back LeBron? Right. That's it. You got it, right? That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I don't think that there's very much. I mean, look, these kids can grow, um, but the reality is they don't have enough shooting. Um, they don't have anyone they can trust at the end of games, and particularly in the half-court, I think that that becomes a problem late in, in, in the shot clock, late in games in the last five minutes, and we've seen that. And I know they've dealt with some injuries, um, but that's not going to change. Uh, defensively, they're great. We all knew that they'd probably be really good defensively because that's just Spo and the Heat. But offensively, yeah, they're challenged, man. They've got a lot of young guys who are not used to playing the roles they're playing, and, and they're going to have to grow into it, and they're going to need some help. And that's not going to come this season. That's going to come via the draft and, you know, Maybe, via free agency, depending on who's available,
1: yeah, well, who who th- who thought uh, the way things have gone the past few years that there'd be so much optimism about the dolphins and so so many questions about the heat <laughs> right? exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, George, thanks, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. you got it,
2: guys. thanks. Well, thanks. Probably. Probably.
1: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?